Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, May 17th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we are looking at the last in a sermon series on Christ in the world, and we will have a passage today that is from John's Gospel. But before we begin, let's have a moment of prayer. This is a prayer from Henry Van Dyke. Let us pray. Lord, thou knowest how I live, what I've done amiss, forgive. All of good I've tried to do, strengthen, bless, and carry through. All I love in safety keep, while in thee I fall asleep. Amen. Amen. So our passage today is from the 17th chapter of John's Gospel, verses 6 through 19. This passage is Jesus praying after the Last Supper before he goes to his crucifixion. So listen as Jesus speaks in prayer. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world. But they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. And I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tara, this is a bit of a long, wordy passage. What is going on here? What's Jesus praying? And and what are we supposed to draw out of this? So the context here is that um, Jesus is with his disciples that he has loved and cared for, and he knows that he will be leaving them. He will be going back to God. And so 
he first of all offers this really lovely prayer to God that God would care for the disciples the way God the way Christ had cared for them. Mm-hmm. And so he prays that they will be protected and guarded. And there's all this stuff about names. And I think the idea is that um, we have been given Christ's name. And because of that, we are to be people who are um, allegiant only to Christ and not to the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting, too, that Jesus says, I'm not asking you, God, to take them out of the world, right? Don't make this easy, <laughs> necessarily. But I am asking that you help them remember the truth. And the truth is that we must always orient ourselves to Christ and nothing else. And that often runs counter to the ways of the world. So I think it's this really kind of holy moment of the disciples getting to hear Jesus pray for them. Hmm. What sticks out to you about this passage? Yeah, I think, I mean, I love everything you said with that. And before I get into what I think the passage is, I like to do the thing we often do of what I don't think it says. Yes, um, which is just as important Which sometimes. is just as important because I think off, there are uh, strands in our history and our theology that have used this passage and other ones like it to, because we are not of this world, we don't have to care for this world. Right. Um, because, because it's some sort of rescue plan, uh, we just have to, you know, make it through this life and then we'll get to heaven and everything will be okay. And that's not at all what Jesus is doing here. I mean, he says, you're not going to take them from the world. This is where they're at. And so just as you said, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. Um, it's a blessing on the disciples to go out and live the call that Jesus has modeled for them, that Jesus has taught them and that they will have to continue doing without the physical manifestation of Christ. We know that the Holy Spirit will be coming to help, but in this moment, the disciples have no idea what that means. And all they know is this is their rabbi and their leaders, as you say, is offering a prayer for them. Yes. And I also, you know, Jesus is very clear here that he prays that God will sanctify his followers, Mm. will make them more holy, will help them become more aligned with Jesus and the values of Christ in this world. Um, You know, there's this tension between we are known completely and loved and forgiven, and yet God loves us enough also not to leave us that way and to ask us to put our will to growing more like Christ and that the Holy Spirit will meet us in that and change us over time. Um, and I have found one of the things that that I've found is that the more that I can turn myself over to God, actually the happier, the more freedom I feel like I have. Although I don't think that's the message we get right in this world. Happiness mm-hmm. is about possessions or, you know, what any of a million things. Yeah, to, to, to give a, that, that sanctification, to give an example that obviously will fall short of God's love, but, you th- but I think of it like our love for a loved one or a child or a spouse of we love them exactly as they are. That being said, we want them to be the best. <laughs> we want mm-hmm. them to reach their full potential. We want them to, to reach out. We want them to be the most loving that they can be. Uh, not that we won't love them if they aren't those things, but that is our hope for them. Yes. And I think this passage reminds us that as Christians, we have responsibilities we might not have if we weren't. And so mm. I'll just give you an example. I have this preaching group that I love very much. And there was kind of this conflict with another person. 
And I realized that my options were to just walk away or to confront it lovingly and hopefully lead to restoration. And it was super hard. But because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't think I get to just get out of the hard conversations. I actually think we have to always work for reconciliation. And the good news is the Holy Spirit was there. Hmm. Um, But I do think we have to constantly realize that God is calling us. I think what you said is true, to fulfill our potential. And I also think our potential is more than we think it is. That's the scariest part. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we will leave today with a quote by C.S. Lewis. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy... The most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Love that. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.